0: And welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. So, I'm going to talk about today something that I see quite a bit in my office, and um, hopefully, everyone can relate, and that's concussions. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to decipher like what's a concussion, but basically it's, it's a type of brain injury and it's basically an injury that kind of affects the way your brain works. So it can happen from any kind of bump or blow or any kind of jolts to the head. And basically what's happening when you have a concussion is these events cause the head and the brain to move back and forth pretty quickly causing the injury. But any type of brain injury is serious. So deciphering, is this just a simple head injury, a concussion or something even more serious, is something that quite honestly makes my brain hurt just thinking about it. But hopefully after we have this talk, we'll all feel a little more comfortable with identifying if someone's had a concussion and uh, what to do about it and how to get back Into life as your brain rests and gets better. So I am super excited today because I have probably one of my most special guests, and that's my own son. Thank you. (laughs) Hello, Ben. His name is Ben Adams, and he. To be
1: here,
0: it's good to have you here. He is an athletic trainer, and so this is uh, something that he knows very well about, but. Before we go on, Ben, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and even explain what is an athletic trainer.
1: Sure. So right now I'm an athletic trainer at Watford College. It's a small Division I AA school in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, My main sport responsibilities are football and women's basketball. Uh, I just graduated last May where I got my master's in athletic training now, there's a few few definitions I give to people um, when I talk about being an athletic trainer because the common misconception out there uh, for a lot of people is that it's, you know, I work at a gym or like I train people in a gym. Uh, my own father's reaction to that when right. I told him I wanted to be that. And,
0: and not that there's anything wrong with people that help no, people in the gym.
1: No, but I, I wouldn't go get a master's degree to do just that. but um, basically, you know, what I tell people that they kind of absorb the best is, uh, like I'm like a sports nurse, uh, so okay. to, so to speak. But, um, when you're watching a sporting event, if you ever watch, you know, a high school, college or professional sporting event, I'm the guy that runs out, um, when someone goes down and I'm the person that runs out to evaluate, but the more, uh, clinical or practical definition, is that I'm a healthcare professional that I have many hats Uh, skilled in injury prevention, injury rehabilitation, uh, general medical evaluation and care. But the biggest thing I do too, is I coordinate care for these athletes at the collegiate level, uh, making sure that they see the appropriate people for, you know, specific types of conditions or injuries. But the best part about my job is being able to see these athletes on a daily basis and being able to provide care, which ultimately is free. You know, they don't have to call and set up a
0: outside appointment, right? They don't have something.
1: to call and set up an outside appointment. They don't have to like, and it's not very spaced out. Like they, i I see them every day. Um, before after practice, even sometimes just in the morning on an off day. So I have the pleasure of seeing them all the time and granting them with care that um, is, keeps them, you know, in a good mental state uh, as well as physical. So,
0: And athletic trainers work at many different levels. Like there's, you're at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. Next year mm-hmm. we're really excited because you're going to be working in a team for the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then, but there's also athletic trainers in high schools. And I think a lot of people don't even realize that because I know when they come and see me, I'll tell them, you know, do you know your athletic trainer? Because we could do, we could see if they're able to do some rehab or follow up on you without you having to actually come back and see me right away. Sure. So it's, it's so great. What I love about what you do too is, it's very exciting like you get to manage emergencies yeah and then you get to diagnose and make a plan yeah and then follow through with that so that's that's pretty cool
1: it is cool but it's weird just being out of school and doing all that because mm-hmm. like it's like sending a kid to take care of other kids <laughs> and you've
0: been prepared you've been prepared <laughs> i mean yeah it's a little scary having to stand on your own two feet i remember when i first started as a Doctor for the mm. first time and in, in my own practice, it was like, wait, what? Like, yeah. it's all up to me now. So, but you're you're up for it, that's for sure. Yeah. But I know too. I remember calling you one time and late at night, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm in the ER with the patient." So, I mean, sure. you're definitely there for them, and yeah. that is really the best part. Yeah, I think. just
1: watching out for their, you know, total well being is one of the most rewarding things I think. In this profession, but to your point too, um, you know the there's a lot at the collegiate level. There's a lot at the professional level, uh, but not a whole lot at the PG pediatric level as far as athletic trainers being placed um, at middle schools, high schools. Uh, we were lucky enough to have two or three in high school. A lot mainly only have one.
0: That's true. I know. We were lucky. Our high school so, staffed really well. We were
1: we were incredibly lucky to have three, I think, my senior year. So, you know, especially Ohio is one of those states where it's, it's big. The profession's pretty big in Ohio, so a lot of them are. There's a lot employed at those secondary settings and pediatric settings, but I know, like, Kentucky is not as lucky. And at one point, I think when I graduated from undergrad, they— Right, like a sixty oh. percent. Like sixty percent of schools down there did not have an athletic trainer, and that's scary. Especially when we talk about um, a lot of these more severe concussion cases.
0: Well, yeah, because I mean, obviously, I'm a little biased because that's I take care of you know newborns all the way through twenty one. But you know, these kids, and from I mean, a lot of kids start sports at a very early age, which is great. I want them to be active. I think that's awesome. But at the same time, they're developing. Their brain is developing. Let's just talk about their bones are developing too. And so, you know, broken bones are a lot different in a child, especially if it's through the growth plate, uh, versus an adult. I'm not saying it's more or less serious. It's all it all can be serious or minor. But it, it is. It's a it's definitely a um a window in someone's life that is very important in regards to how they heal and respond. So yeah. I mean, would you encourage people out there to, if they're interested in sports medicine to look into, you know, doing something like this? Cause obviously Absolutely. more people that study it, there's going to be more opportunities.
1: Absolutely. I mean, definitely do your research on, uh, hours and pay, but you know, it, it outside of that, it's, it's all worth it. So um, well, but you made great points.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I, let's get back to concussions. Cause I mean, we could sit here and talk all day about all kinds of sports injuries. And I of course personally would love to have you come back, you sure, know, I could go on all day. About I it. know it's fun. We're actually sitting here in the studio at Pop Populi and sitting here with our headphones on and I'm looking across and here's Ben and I'm like, this is awesome. But, um, Getting back to concussions, which, like I said, always makes my brain hurt a little bit. I remember when we came to visit you at Wofford, there was a player um, that lost consciousness and went down. And, you know, you have a big job of making sure, like, is how serious is this in regards to or is this a concussion? So how would what's the best way you in your assessment, differentiate between the two?
1: That's a great question. And that takes me back to, I have the opportunity to see them every day and get to know them on a very personal level to the point where if they do sustain a traumatic brain injury, what we call it, or concussion, um, I can tell when something's off very quickly. So unfortunately it's a very subjective condition Meaning it's all asking them questions how they feel um, there is a little objective assessment like testing balance testing memory uh, recall things like that but there's no real test like, you can't
0: do like a can't
1: do like like an, a scan right I mean, you can no, roll out
0: things in a scan but you're not sure gonna...
1: but there's no like physical test that you can like put your hands on and be like oh yeah this this is concussion but um, there's so we really err on the side of caution on like even if they like a headache following a hit to the head is enough for us to be like okay you're done for the day now our that's our protocol is if they report symptoms um they are done in the moment and they can't return but we have different assessments we have one on the sideline and then we'll do one kind of just to clear them. but. After the game, we'll do a full evaluation. So, but like I said, it's really all just objective, and you know, asking them questions. What, what are your symptoms? Um, there's h- hundreds. So,
0: what do you, what do you think is the most common? I mean, I know I can give my feedback on that too, but um, sometimes it doesn't always, you know, the symptoms don't always happen right away. Mm-hmm. So after a head injury, I usually recommend, look, you for at least 48 to 72 hours, you need to monitor them. And sometimes it is purely just a bump in Mm -hmm. the head and doesn't need an ER visit or doctor visit, but what are some of the symptoms that people should be looking out for where they're like, okay, I think that we need to get this checked out?
1: So to follow up with that question, I think the biggest thing people should know is no concussion looks alike. Yeah. With how many symptoms there are, um, and the different parts of the brain it can affect, it really kinda changes what how different concussions will present themselves. Uh obviously, but I will say headache is the most headache and headache and dizziness is are probably the two most common. Um But other things to look out for, just confusion, nausea, uh, vision disturbance, poor balance, um, difficulty memorizing things, concentrating, feeling foggy, trouble sleeping. Another big one, too, sensitivity to noise and light.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a big one.
1: Yeah, and irritability, mood changes. I've been in situations where guys have gone from uh, crying to laughing to crying and it's like all flips and that's kind of when you know like all right buddy you're done
0: but yeah. uh and that's where you said like getting to know them you yep. know when their personality exactly. is different you know when they're acting different and it's the same way for parents too i mean sometimes when i do an evaluation in my office i'll say hey from 0 to 6 which means like 0 means they're so they're ex- or actually i think i flipped that 6 means oh, that they're right. just like they are all the time yeah. and zero means that they're like totally off.
1: So to go back, sorry to interrupt, but to it's go okay back, no, to good. go back into your point of like our assessment, um, that's why we do baseline testing. That's why it's so important. So you don't know this person that well on like a personal level. Um, we do baseline testing of symptoms and all that objective scoring that we do that is helpful so that, when they do sustain a traumatic brain injury we take them through the exact tests that we took them when they didn't have the traumatic brain injury and then we compare those results and we see okay Got it. they're off here mm-hmm. something's like they're not really matched up so we use that in the process of um ruling them out and as well as bringing them back uh so
0: and and that's a way to kind of tell if they're improving or even getting worse. A hundred percent. But
1: I think it's really important to know that about these symptoms, especially because um, at a younger age, like a lot of them aren't reported. A lot of concussions are reported oh, because they don't they don't know. They don't realize it's concussion. Yeah. They're like, oh, I just got my bell wrong. Yeah. So I think that's important as well as, you know, red flags. You know, those are typical. The ones I listed are. Pretty minor and common, but um, especially if you have a child that stays with you, um, I. it's, it, it's weird because it's so much different at the high school level versus the college level.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure because they're not home.
1: Right. High I school mean, level is a lot easier because you have parents to kind of watch for them. And, but if you have a child that, would, that just sustained a traumatic brain injury, uh, the biggest things to look out for, too, are... You know those those symptoms, but also an increase in those symptoms um yeah such like the as the
0: worst headache ever
1: repeated vomiting, yeah, and if like the headache just gets like worse and worse over time, um inability to recognize people or other places that's right that, yeah that's
0: i mean these these seem obvious, sure, but you really have to pay attention, right,
1: yeah, slurred speech or inability to speech, seizures. Uh, decreased level of consciousness, but uh the the repeated vomiting is a common one. Like they can like throwing up once or twice is okay, that'll happen. But if it just keeps going, then it's time to go to the ER, call nine one one. But yeah, I will. Sorry, go no, ahead.
0: no, go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt.
1: It, it's kind of sinister in my head. Some of them sometimes concussions are funny. Like I said, seeing like kids with those mood swings. Cause most of the time they're harmless. Like, yeah. um, they'll be okay. They'll rest. They'll get, you know, a few days off sometimes, you know, a couple of days off from school, like fantastic. But it's, uh, well,
0: you don't, you know, they are scary. If you've listened to my podcasts, I tell a lot of stories about you and Gabe sure. and it's always fun because in some ways you guys are a lot alike. And in some ways you're so different. And I remember, you had a concussion in high school in football, probably more than one, but one I can remember. And, uh, you know, when I told you, hey, you're going to have to, like, lay down and rest and can't go to school, can't read, can't do that. You were like, OK, yeah, I can do that.
1: <laughs> but then I, when you told me I can't hang out with friends. Yeah,
0: and that's true. Then that's, that's
1: when I was like,
0: yeah, can't play true.
1: football. It's like now I was. But That's I, will, I got upset.
0: Yeah. I will say, though, Gabe had a concussion and he had it from playing football, but he was already in college, so he was not at home. True. And I'm pretty sure he didn't. Sorry, Gabe, but I'm pretty sure you didn't listen to everything that you were supposed to do.
1: Yeah. I won't call him out because this is a HIPAA-friendly podcast, but... <laughs> um, that's absolutely right that's like i said it's much different handling concussions are much different at a high school level compared to the collegiate level because high school level you can kind of talk to the parents and um
0: but either can be serious though
1: sure either can be serious but you know like i back to the you know you expect kids to take care of kids so in college you got to tell uh that athletes roommates like okay here's the deal you got to educate them and the biggest thing, just, you know, not drinking alcohol and just staying away from phones, um kind of yeah. segue in, into the uh, return to play, return to learn and just the active rest. But the biggest thing I always say is you got to rest your body.
0: Yeah. And, you know, here's the point. It's really not. It's really about if you want to recover sooner, which absolutely everybody does you You've gotta do what you've gotta do in order to do it. It's not a punishment, but no. it's really about look, you're more likely to be back into your sport, back into your activity, back at school if you follow the steps absolutely versus you know link, letting it linger mm-hmm. not not to mention the fact that you'll feel better um but that that's really the big key. I always feel like they look at me like, oh man, Dr. Adams, you're like you're really." you trying to punish me? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm no. trying to get you back as yeah. soon as, as soon as we can.
1: No, absolutely. And it's, uh, again, I always say that you have to rest your body. It's like any other injury, like a broken bone or a torn ligament or pulled muscle, like your body just needs to rest. And,
0: and the other thing too, and the brain, you know, I mean, it's absolutely, the same thing no, it's the same because thing. Here's the thing. It's really hard to rest the brain because mm-hmm. it's like, it's wor- always
1: working hundred miles an hour.
0: Always. So, yeah. The, you know, not having, you know, screen, you have to, you know, screen time, things that, you know, that make your headache worse. You know, you talked about sleep and I do want to mention too that sometimes with a concussion, you either have a hard time sleeping or you sleep too much. And so you do need to watch that because if it's excessive drowsiness, that can be, um, you know, a, a, a red flag as well. Also, you know, I mean, let's just talk about when they first get injured, you know, if you're getting, if you're bleeding or let's say there's clear fluid coming out of like your ears or your nose, like that's not a good sign either. And then of course, other injuries you got to look at because we're always so focused Sure, like, okay, this was a head injury Mm -hmm. and now we're looking, but like, don't forget to be like, well, do you have a stiff neck? Did you hurt another part of your body? So I'm always very, I always try to like assess, like, is there anything else? And let me remind everybody too, that sports aren't the only ways to get concussions. No. And I realize that it's winter time, but you know, people are skiing, they're sled right. riding. Heck you could walk out and slip on ice mm-hmm. and hit your head and get a concussion. So, yeah. I mean, this can happen to anybody anytime.
1: But I do want to, I want to back up to the sleep thing, um, especially for parents out there treating, Uh, and looking out for their children that may have just sustained a concussion. Uh, one of the big things with sleep is to let them sleep, especially the night after, you know, people hear about the like, Oh, wake them up every two to four hours and stuff like that. Like, no, just let them, let them go to sleep. Um,
0: I mean, they can check in on them. That's that make was my sure follow up. Rousable. That
1: was my follow up. But they don't have to wake them definitely, up completely. Yeah, it's absolutely okay to kind of check in, like yeah, make sure they're breathing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sorry, it's not funny. But it's yeah. not funny, but it's. I mean, uh, but it's definitely okay. To check up on them overnight like that's absolutely okay but let them sleep that first night is critical
0: yeah don't you don't even if if someone says hey you know check on him every couple hours it doesn't mean wake up and like have a full conversation it really is just looking at him making sure he's doing okay you know is he he or she is breathing okay sometimes i'll even say you know kind of like Tap them or touch them, and Mm -hmm. if they move, which means they're arousable, doesn't mean you have to get full, you know, wake them up completely. But you're right, rest is the most important thing because I mean, we can't put a splint on the brain, we can't, you know, um, yeah, so it's the
1: best practice of recovery for a concussion right now is just active rest.
0: I also want to remind people too, like other things, okay, so we've diagnosed the concussion, right. Um, and we talked about rest and, um, you know, for sure, no sports or any kind of physical activity, you want to get at least eight to 10 hours of sleep at least, but also, you know, watch how much pain meds you're, you're using. So, you know, for example, if you're going to use Tylenol, make sure you use it at the guidance of your, you know, trainer or provider and, um, Because you don't, you also, you want, I mean, obviously we want to feel better. We want our kids to feel better, but you don't want to mask anything either. Mm -hmm. So just giving it to them around the clock is, is really not recommended.
1: So, and I'll tell you why. Um, I always say when I send kids home, uh, send athletes home, the biggest thing is you want to avoid, you know, Tylenol and ibuprofen. Only thing, if absolutely necessary, you can take Tylenol. That's okay. if absolutely not necessary. Like you can't, you're having trouble sleeping. Um, your headache is just so violent.
0: But if it's that bad, you probably if should be that in the bad, ER.
1: Right. But I avoid it. But cause you know, ibuprofen is dangerous because um, in the event that, you know, you might have a uh, hematoma in the brain or essentially just a really small brain bleed um, ibuprofen acts as a blood thinner. So mm-hmm what's What's contraindicated about that is when you take ibuprofen, thins out the blood, you've already got bleeding in your brain, and it can kind of like make it make worse. it worse, yeah, so. yeah,
0: and already, just from the remember I mentioned that concussions are back and forth, like mm-hmm. it's kind of like think of it like it your brain just got like rocked, like jiggled, you yeah. know whatever word you want to sure. use, so even those blood vessels and the membranes around your brain are already a little bit sensitive. I don't know if that's bruised. the words bruised or, you know, just a a little bit. Um, you know, the chances of injury are mm. making it worse, and sure. that's why we don't want you to go right back into sports because you yeah. could you could definitely make sure. it worse. But yeah, Tylenol if absolutely needed,
1: only if absolutely necessary,
0: and no caffeine or sports drinks. No. You know, no. because that's going to constrict your blood vessels and probably make your headache worse.
1: Yeah, it absolutely will.
0: And um, water. You know, this is what I tell people all Can't the time. can enough water. I know. And you know what? I think kids in my office think I'm absolutely crazy because I'm always telling them, you know, oh, you want to feel better? Drink water. But it's it literally is so important to stay hydrated when you're trying to recover, you know. From it's just one less thing your energy. body has to
1: worry about taking care of while it's healing another thing
0: yeah and eating right you know headaches i always say to little kids so that they kind of understand it i'm like it's basically your brain is angry and usually what it needs is i mean let's think about it, it needs oxygen your brain needs glucose which we get from our nutrition and the way that it delivers that is through you know your blood flow and so Drinking water is so important because that just helps with your blood pressure and and keeping, you know, all your cells hydrated and it helps with healing too. 100%. What about diet? Like I've heard people say, you know, increase protein yeah. uh, when you're trying to recover too. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's a great question. I love talking about that stuff too. Uh, increase protein for sure. One of the biggest things that I learned in school is when you sustain an injury, uh, a lot of athletes think that they're going to gain weight because they're not active. Mm. What's actually happening is the activity in your body is increasing so that it can heal. And so what we're kind of taught to like lay out for them is you have to eat like just cause you aren't active Doesn't mean that you can't stop eating,
0: or you're going to have some muscle wasting too. I imagine
1: exactly, and so it helps with if
0: if it's if your rest is a long time,
1: right? So, to your comment, the biggest thing: protein, yes, but you need everything else. Yeah, you need fats and you need carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are fuel; proteins for rebuilding tissues. Now, think of it this way: if you only eat protein your body will use that as fuel instead of using Using it to heal. heal. Yeah. So that's why you need everything because if you have carbohydrates, then it's not going to take away from your protein intake, thus taking away from tissue healing.
0: Healing. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's a good, and I mean I think everybody, anybody that really, anybody should realize that whether you have an injury or not because. Yeah,
1: that applies everything.
0: Because we hear so much about like protein, protein, protein. It doesn't mean that, you know, you can choose the right carbs. You know, we're not talking about like eat McDonald's every day and have sure. donuts, <laughs> <Sure>. yeah, <laughs> you know, because no. that's not going to heal either. <laughs> what about, um, okay, so, you know, I usually tell people to like, look, you know, limit your screen time, TV, video games, cell phone, you know, you really have to be careful about that. Um And then also driving, like no driving. So if you're a driver, so if you're, you know, student or your child is a driver, they really shouldn't be driving until they actually have successfully returned to their sport.
1: So I'm going to segue. Yeah. From that is um, and we don't start returning them to sport or school until the first step is all their symptoms have subsided. Okay, So all, everything I listed off, headache, dizziness, nausea, sensitivity to light, sensitivity to noise, fogginess, all of that, um, we scale every day. Every day we see them, we ask like them. Like you give them a we number. We rate it. Yeah. So like 1 to 10. And it's just each day you do that. And then until they hit zero, I'm like, all right, you feel good. They have to go 24 hours asymptomatic, not having symptoms. And then once that's the case, we slowly bring them back. To their return to play, Um, but before you return to play, you have to return to learn.
0: That's right, because they are student. They're students first. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, You start with light reading at home. We encourage uh, fifteen minutes on and off. Okay. Like a little bit the first day, and then slowly pick it up the next day, and then like day three, you do like a half day of class. Like you do, you do one class. Uh, maybe two. And if you feel good, go to your third. That's another good thing about high schools is high schools have like, they have these training rooms, they have uh nurse's office, counselor offices. So they have a place to go. If like, say symptoms kind of start to arise, um, we give them a place to go to rest or put some sunglasses on, just put your head down. Like you can listen to the lecture, but so there's a lot of tricks and ways of getting around it. Uh, while keeping them in school.
0: And but, sometimes I'll tell them too, like, look, if you're in the band, yeah. you know, you, I would, that wouldn't yeah. be my first class back, no. you know, because, That's a good
1: point. I never thought about that. Yeah. Because
0: of the noise. And, um, in some situations too, like lunch, you know, the lunchroom, you might want to sure. initially eat, you know, especially on those days that you're going for a full day, Yeah, eat, you know, where it's quiet.
1: Gym class. No, playing gym. dodgeball. Yeah. Yeah. You no get...
0: gym until you're, You've been, you know, released to play. Right. You know any kind of sport. Yeah,
1: but yeah, the biggest thing is return to learn before return to play, and for both of those, essentially, you want to do those things progressively. You don't want to no,
0: run. Okay, right. okay.
1: You all right? Symptoms gone? Okay, go do a full yeah. day of school. Okay, symptoms are gone. Okay, go do a full practice with no. contact. No. no. So even gradual. when they're feeling good, it's a gradual return. Um, and that starts with return to with return to learn, but they do kind of overlap uh if they are asymptomatic and back in school first day for physical activity, they'll maybe bike or walk on the treadmill for ten minutes okay
0: just light aerobic light activity. aerobic
1: and there's good research out there that says um even for like when they have very minimal symptoms like their headaches or their symptom score is say within three or four. Uh, there's good research that say says that light aerobic activity is beneficial for recovery. Now, that's not go run two miles. No. Just go walk around the block.
0: Yeah. Very, very light. Very light. And this isn't part of the return to play. This is basically just kind of part of the return to learn and gearing up towards whether you're ready To start the return to play.
1: Exactly. It's the best way to gauge how someone's going to respond to that load before putting them in it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, and again, going slow and, you know, or everybody's different. Like you said, everybody's concussion is different. Mm -hmm. Everybody's recovery is different. Everybody's return to learn or return to play is very different. And it's not always like. Related to how severe sure. your injury was, it, it really is just look. We're gonna person, test a person, it person yeah. yeah, we'll test it out and see how you do.
1: And I will say too, especially for a pediatric population, concussions do take longer. Oh, uh, in the younger kids. In the younger kids is you know they're.
0: I wonder why that is.
1: I, I think it's, a de- I think it's a developmental thing. Probably. I think it's because, like, they're still growing. Um
0: yeah, I mean, the but brain more isn't really, fully developed until they're like yeah, 25, 26.
1: I, I, wanna, I, th- I think that's the case. I'll have to do more research, but that's and that's definitely a fact that it's possible for pediatric injuries to take longer. So don't fear. That's why I say that.
0: Well, and, and it's, it's true. Like we talked about even broken bones. It, it is right. different. Yeah. And their energy requirement, mm-hmm. like my thoughts would be that their energy requirement is very different than an adult. Also, some kids, you know, like I, I know I've had kids in my office that had a head injury that are like two years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, we need to, you know, I tell them about the rest right. and stuff. And they're like, really? I'm not sure I'm going to be able to, you know, mm-hmm. keep them from bouncing off the walls. Yes, but yes. so, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of factors in there. A ton of them. So how how long, then? then at what point are you like, okay, now we're going to actually – do the different stages to return to play? Like how long would you give the school and kind of the light aerobic activity before you would consider?
1: So I,
0: or I guess it depends.
1: That's what I'm saying. I take it on a day to day basis. It's not a, I never tell a coach or player like, Oh yeah, I expect you'll be fine in five days. No, Don't ever. What is it?
0: Under, under promise, under promise, over deliver.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So I, I always tell them it's a day to day. like, I'm not looking two days ahead. I'm looking at today. And if today goes well, then tomorrow will be a good day too. So there's really no timeline. But the return to play process, if everything goes smoothly, is roughly around five days.
0: So let's let's start talking through the stages. So sure. what what's the first stage?
1: Yeah, so stage one, light activity. Uh, light aerobics people have different, what we just talked right about. people have different policies some people will do um, like a light jog or like a light walk and they'll do 5 10 15 so it's really it really varies place to place but that's the first day is that light activity and then day two you pick it up you might double that time um, you go to like 20 minutes jogging on and off for 20 minutes on the bike Uh so then it, you start to increase that aerobic activity,
0: the heart rate.
1: Yeah. you start getting the heart rate. And then at this point, at this point, like stage three, you start doing sprints. You start really going through like a lot higher. Um,
0: but at this point we're not talking like, I want to mention too, excuse me, is stage two. You're not lifting yet. No, you know, you're not no, no, no. weightlifting. You're not jumping. You're not running hard. You're just, correct. you're just still doing a low activity, but you're increasing a little bit more of the aerobic Correct. And then when you get to stage three, again, no impact, you know? So it's more, it's more intense, more moderate activity, I would say, especially if it's in their sport. Like, like what would you, give me an example of like a sport that would like, if somebody was playing basketball for sure, like, and you were okay. They, they passed, You know, the light exercise. Now, what would you tell them to do in stage three? So this is the sprint.
1: Those are the sprints I was talking about. We get into, you know, during practice or um, basketball or football, you know, take them out in the field or onto the court and we'll run sprints. We'll go like 50 percent effort to 75 percent effort to call it sub 90 um, and then eventually full 100 percent speed. That's day three. Now, it's not, still not a very long time. You're not doing it all practice. You're doing it um, maybe 10 minutes. You're okay. splitting it up into 15. But the, what's interesting about this point is those first couple of days are more of recovery. But when you start hitting stage three, the more aggressive stage, you're more trying to provoke symptoms.
0: To see if they're going to have To symptoms. make
1: sure they're not going to come back.
0: Right. And
1: okay. so now let's back up for a second. Sure. Um, say we're on day three and they start doing sprints. First two days went great. Yeah. We're on day three, the headache starts to come back. Uh oh. Okay. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> you that's when you terminate activity and you say, All right, just go go chill. Like let's let's relax for a second and then you start the same day tomorrow.
0: Like would you start three or would you go back to two? And then you start,
1: you stay on three. Okay. They didn't pass three. So as long as their headache goes away, they come back the next day. As long as they feel better the next next day is when you're like, all right, let's, let's try this again. Let's do sprints. So there's criteria to advance. And,
0: and remember everybody, this isn't something you do on your own. No. This is under the supervision of either your provider, your trainer, your, you know, Whoever is Correct. monitoring, this isn't like, okay, mom and dad. No, no offense, mom and dad. No. But it's not like you're doing this with them. This is something that somebody who really knows right. um how to because no. let's face it, if you have a concussion, you know, the greater likelihood of having another is it, it can be higher. Yeah. And, and even sometimes more serious. And you'll miss more time. Yeah. Right, right.
1: But you know, an okay. athletic trainer is that is your best friend in this situation. For sure. Um but, you know, you can be more than helpful, especially in the return to learn process and the home care process.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's great that you mentioned that because, you know, like you said, you've built a rapport and they're going to trust you too. you know, and know that, look, yeah. you're you're going to do everything you can to get them back into doing to feeling better and get back into what they're doing. Yeah. OK, so we passed three. what's okay. stage four
1: uh, non-contact practice.
0: Okay. All right. So, like, they're either pre- putting their helmet on. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they can put all there.
1: the gear on. Again, it, it's it's policy to policy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of them, they'll just have them put some gear on and just stand there. Some yeah. people will put like just a helmet on and they'll go on the bags or something.
0: Right, but I think too one point to make is you're also going to try to have them run through some plays. Yeah. There's still mental. So that they're using their brain. It's physical,
1: a lot of physical and mental involved. Um, but you're still, you're starting to build the confidence without fear of re-injury at this point. Okay. Um, it's all, again, I'm going back to that progressive exertion and, you
0: know, and in a perfect world, it would just be twenty four hours in each of these stages. Sure. But like you said, you know, if, if you don't pass the stage, then you have to, you know. Right. And of course, if you continue to have it, um, symptoms, then you gotta absolutely you gotta, you gotta go back to rest. And that's
1: why you know we avoid telling them the criteria too. Okay. A lot of them, and I'll, and this is why, because a lot of them, you know, they want to get back. Yeah. And you know, I do you feel
0: like they'll tell you what you want to hear? Yeah. Okay.
1: It's happened. It yeah. has happened. Um, and it's unfortunate, but uh, again, like I said, there's no objective. Yeah. There's no testing. There's no real like this concussion. Yes. There's so much gray area. So yeah, sometimes, you know, you'll take them through this stuff and they're like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. So you, you got to take their word for it.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, and, and you're observing them too, because like you said, you know them. So you know, you also know them as an athlete. So when you're watching them run or you're watching them do plays and it just doesn't seem right, sure. even if they tell you we're okay. Yeah.
1: You have to be perceptive as an athletic trainer.
0: Cause you're watching all their practices. So you know how these guys and girls sure. move, yeah. you know, for Absolutely. sure. Okay. So they pass five. Yep. Then what happens? Contact. Okay.
1: Yeah. But there's not out of it. They're still not out of protocol.
0: Yeah. Cause there's six stages.
1: So yeah, you still have to get through.
0: So five is, we're going to let you have contact. five
1: is your full go. Okay. Like you're good to go.
0: Like in a um, game or just good to no. go in practice? So that's,
1: again, this is another policy based um, thing, but commonly the day, the last step and the day that you clear them typically is not a game day. Okay. So that full contact, full scrimmage day cannot be a game. It has to be practice. And then if the following day is a game, then yes, they can. And
0: they go. pass it. Yes. Then they can play. Yes. So I think we'd be – I'd be a little remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about prevention. Okay. I mean I think some is obvious. Sure. You know, if you're playing football, for example, and you're in contact.
1: Proper headgear.
0: Yeah, you wear your helmet. Um,
1: But more importantly, proper technique.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: So, um, you know, the helmets they have now are crazy. They're unreal, um, especially – like you, like with, you, you mean,
0: like with impact and stuff like that, just the that?
1: technology now. Yeah, these helmets are insane compared to when I played, which wasn't that long ago. But it's just <laughs> like it's skyrocketing the advancement of some of these equipment. But, uh, especially, and it's helpful for us too, because you know, if there's a case where uh, an athlete becomes unconscious, you know, our standard protocol is to remove equipment. And not only are these helmets doing a better job of preventing concussions, but they're easy to remove. They're allowing us to become, to remove them a lot wow. easier. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, I can remember back when you guys were playing, there were a few people who had an opinion about like, oh, I can't believe you're a pediatrician and you're letting your sure. sons play football. And I told them, I'm like, well, you know, if they follow the rules, sure. learn, 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 the technique, listen to their coach, wear their gear appropriately. I said, they're safer on the football field than they are in the backyard. That's a good
1: point. <laughs> no, that's true. Cause things have happened in our backyard for sure.
0: <laughs> well, and, and, but there are other things like, you know, wear a helmet when you ride your bike or if you're on a scooter or you're skateboarding. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I like to say, you know, use your head and, and wear your gear, yeah, you know, and That's wear it point. appropriately absolutely skiing, yeah. for example, I mean, there's so many things that we can prevent you know these concussions by just taking a very simple act of using your head
1: absolutely, and
0: wearing the helmet
1: most definitely
0: well i I really appreciate you coming today, yeah. and uh I
1: could go on about this,
0: oh, for I hours. know I know because every situation is unique too, mm-hmm. and um. And so I really want to tell everybody out there that find out about your school and if they have an athletic trainer, because it amazes me how many people don't even know that there are trainers, you know, athletic trainers at their school, whether it's even at the college level and find out because they really can be such an amazing asset for you. Absolutely.
1: And I'll leave that, you know, with three points or. A couple, and one is that, you know, we are so skilled and trained in that area with concussions. So just trust us. Yeah. You know, we are the point person. Um, Communicate with us. Um, Two is, you know, be educated on this topic. Be aware of the symptoms. Be aware of the red flags. And three is the biggest thing. This was big for me too, especially when I had one, is tell them why. Tell them why they can't go hang out with their friends. Tell them why they can't play right now. Tell them why they have to sit in a dark room and do nothing. Like give them these reasons. And the biggest thing is so that one, you can recover quicker and go back to doing what you love.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. I couldn't be more proud of you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is uh, so awesome. Any Anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up?
1: Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Please come back.
1: I will. I know will. Because
0: there's so many things that we could talk about with sports. And uh, so, and let's grow up together. And don't forget to listen to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah on Spotify and Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen to your shows. Thanks again, Ben.
1: Yeah, thank you.